Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, the State Department is evolving the way it procures IT, and the department's CIO's goals for the new year. It's Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. The federal government is now fully funded for fiscal year 2023, and big boosts to cyber and tech funding are on the way. The $1.7 trillion omnibus signed last week by President Biden includes a more than $300 million budget increase for CISA and almost $400 million more for NIST. The National Archives and Records Administration has reached an agreement with the American Federation of Government Employees over telework for all permanent employees. Under the agreement, all permanent positions at NARA will be eligible for telework. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. The number one CRM, Salesforce Customer 360 for Public Sector, is an integrated platform for public services. It features relationship management, case management, and lots more. To learn more, go to salesforce.com government. Proposals for the State Department's $10 billion Evolve IT services procurement have a new due date of January 25th. Evolve will be the largest indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity contract issued by the department. Dr. Kelly Fletcher is CIO of the Department of State. Dr. Fletcher, welcome to the podcast. Let's start with the Evolve procurement. I know there are some deadlines coming up for that, but I'd love to hear from you about the purpose of the Evolve procurement and what it intends to bring to the State Department in terms of IT modernization. Yeah, I love this question. So the first thing I want to say is I got really lucky. Like I walked into this, uh, I'm gonna take credit for it, but there's been a years and years of work to get Evolve right. Uh, and that work has happened uh, also with our vendors, right? So the acquisition strategy was informed by engagement with vendors. So that's really important to me. Why I'm excited about Evolve is that I see Evolve as one of the key things that we're doing to support the secretary's modernization agenda. Um, it is gonna be the preferred vehicle for the department to acquire IT and cybersecurity services. So this is both like management services and cloud and data services, network services, application development. So really the full scope of what we acquire. Um, and the reason it's exciting is that it's department wide. So right now we're in a very federated environment and I like that, I'm accustomed to that. But what that means is that I have development happening all over the state department. And the reason I love Evolve is that if I have a vendor who's building something for consular affairs, and then they're gonna to start to build something from IRM. I want them to take those lessons learned. I want them to maybe take even some of those products and I want them to apply them in both cases. So I think this is gonna drive us to take advantage of economies of scale. And I actually think this is gonna increase our cybersecurity posture. Now, I know you're new to the CIO role at the Department of State, but I'd love to hear your perspective on how this differs in the way that the State Department has done IT acquisition previously. Yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing I would say is that using this as the preferred vehicle, right? So this means that instead of each bureau going out independently, uh, they have the option to use Evolve. So that's really, really powerful. The other thing I would say is that, and I think I think all of the listeners know this, right? Go to sam.gov, you can get all the details, but there are five functional categories. And within each functional category, there will be multiple vendors. So what that means is that we're going to compete at the task order level within each of these categories with these approved vendors. 
that's a big change. And that's actually something I'm seeing happening throughout the federal government is that contracts are awarded to multiple vendors and then there's competition at the task order level. And that's exactly what we saw with JWCC at DOD as well. Cybersecurity is obviously one of the biggest, if not the biggest, topic in the federal IT space. And the way that Evolve uh, deals with cybersecurity, as you mentioned, is it sort of layers it in the five different line items that Evolve is procuring for. So I'm curious, what was the thought behind that and how does that better enhance the State Department's cybersecurity? Yeah, so I actually, I want to talk a little bit more broadly about what we're doing in cybersecurity at State generally. Uh, and I'll tell you, like, I guess for me, when I came to state, the realization I had is that cybersecurity for the State Department is a, is a matter of national security, right? So, like, keeping a strong cybersecurity posture here actually does affect the security of our nation. Uh, we are one of the most attacked organizations in the world. Uh, and the way that state is a little bit different from DOD, because I think that's true, actually, both state and DOD. But the way that that's different here is that it is our job to engage. Like it is my job to enable diplomacy and diplomacy is engaging with with, you know, folks from other countries. It's engaging with the public. Um, that is our job. So both the Evolve contract will reflect this and then also what we're doing uh, internally right now. Right. We are moving to a zero trust posture. Um, and the thing about zero trust is that that just affects that's just how we do business today. So I think historically it's made sense to have this sort of uh, perimeter, strong perimeter defense. When my data was on a CPU under my desk, uh, or maybe it was in a data center down the hall, that made sense. That is not how we do business today. So how we do business today is that we're going out to the cloud, um, and we're and that's actually evolved reflects that, and that one of the five functional categories is cloud and data services. So. A lot of my applications are on the cloud. A lot of my data is on the cloud. It is not in my immediate perimeter. And because of that, we need to, frankly, have a new cybersecurity architecture, and that's the zero trust architecture. You know, I find State Department's mission of cybersecurity really fascinating because it, it, it really is on a global scale, and I think it kind of mirrors sort of what you did during your time at the Department of Defense because it's protecting networks across the world, but uh, it's it's a little bit different, as you said, because you're looking to engage uh, people across the globe. So um, how, are, how do you use your background from your time at the DOD to sort of inform that, and how do you think about protecting networks on a global scale? Yeah, so I actually was thinking about this. Um, ways that were similar and different like i'm very familiar with a global laydown right like dod and state global operations the thing about state that's a little bit different is that state is everywhere right we're in nairobi we're in canberra we're in beijing like we are everywhere so we have over 250 posts and the thing that i'm excited about happening so i think every post has unique challenges right you get into a situation where some places have really robust infrastructure, some do not. Um, but I'm excited that we are driving to getting some enterprise solutions, right? So every post, they're accessing O365, they're accessing their data that's in the cloud. Um, and I think, so that's sort of driving some similar technologies globally is by having these cloud environments but there are absolutely unique challenges at every post. 
Similar to that, obviously a big part of your job is to help power and connect some of these more austere or uh, far off distant uh, offices in places across the world. So how are you thinking about that, especially as new emerging technologies like 5G and other networking technologies come online uh, that the State Department can use? Yeah, so I, I love that question. And something we're pretty serious about is network modernization. Uh, and what I'm trying to do sort of throughout uh, what I'm doing at State is to couple cybersecurity with capability for users. I'm going to do a bunch of things. IRM, my team, is going to do a bunch of things that are uh, transparent to the end user. They aren't going to see them at all, I hope. But what they're going to do is they're going to increase our cybersecurity posture, and they're really important. But while I'm doing those things and I'm spending, you know, State Department resources to do them, I also want to provide capability to the user while I'm providing enhanced cybersecurity. So as part of our network modernization program, and we call it Tron, um, we are rolling out Wi-Fi. So while we're doing all sorts of cool things so that our routing changes, right? So now historically, it doesn't matter where you are. You're in Nairobi, you're in Santiago. Your traffic goes from you to DC, then to wherever you need it to go. That does not make sense. Uh, that is not a modern way to operate a network. Uh, so what we are doing is we are increasing the amount of point-to-point -point interactions, right? I'm in Nairobi. I need to go to my 365 cloud. That's where I go. And then we have really robust identity and we have segmentation on our network. So we make sure only the right folks are accessing the right things. But we stop doing this sort of like hoover up everything through DC. Um, the end user doesn't need to know that. They may see that things are a little bit faster. They'll be happy about that. But the key thing is for that end user, they are getting this new capability, which is Wi-Fi, right? Which they love. They love having a laptop. They can work from different desks. They can move around the embassy. Um, and also with this Wi-Fi, so just we've rolled this out to over 100 posts already, which is a huge deal. And I think it feels pretty minor, but from it just feels makes the workplace feel a little bit more modern. So this is a way, this is like one of the things we're doing that sort of couples cybersecurity with increased capability for users, uh, where we're getting after both in the same initiative. Dr. Fletcher, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned Wi-Fi and people listening in or State Department employees might say, hey, look, I've had Wi-Fi in my home for the last two decades or last decade. Um, what about some new emerging technologies? And, and I'm curious, are there some of those new emerging technologies, something like AI, RPA or something uh, in, in that realm that you're also working on looking to drop in the near future? So I want to talk about two things, because I think what you said is really important. And I love like cool new technology, we're gonna get bots and they're gonna, I love that. But I think, and I'm gonna give you an example of that. So I'll do that first, but then I'm gonna give you an example of something that doesn't use any new technologies at all, but is so important to the mission. So we are using robotic process automation um, and we're coupling with our partners in CFA. And what we're trying to do there is, you know, frankly, automate things that we can automate, you know, handwriting analysis, that kind of thing. Like. We have a ton of records. So the State Department's currency is data, and that data is in all different formats. Uh, and being able to hoover in that data, use RPA, use other sort of leading edge techniques to make sense of it, uh, and then allow folks to conduct diplomacy with like all of this historical data that they had access to, but it wasn't usable before. So that's a, an example of RPA. But then I wanna give you an example of something we're doing that is not like, bleeding edge technology, but I think is really exciting because what we're doing is we're hearing 
from our customers what they need, and we are responding to them. So, uh, as you may know, the foreign service officers, they, they travel, right? So they, they go to Nairobi, then they move to Santiago, then they go to Vienna. They, they're moving. That's part of their job. Uh, and historically, and this is an example from many years ago, but for example, we had a foreign service officer who was in Afghanistan and they left Afghanistan, they left their post and they were at the airport and they realized that they had no way to communicate with the state department. And it's not that bad today, right? We can communicate with our personal devices. But what I'm hearing from foreign service officers is that they want to have consistent communications. They want to have government furnished equipment that isn't associated with their job or their post that's associated with them. And, you know, initially when folks said like, this would make a big difference to me, I thought like, wow, this isn't exciting technology, but it is what the customer needs. So, and actually it's a little bit complicated from like an administrative, you know, who pays for what, how do we do this? But the bottom line is this, like the other initiatives I'm working on, it increases our cybersecurity. It means that for every new employee, I hand them a laptop, I hand them a phone and they're configured the way I want them configured. They have all the security on the end user device that they need. Uh, and those are associated with that human, right? And then that human moves around, things happen. And then we, um, when they need an upgrade, we upgrade them. So right now I have folks out there using iPhone 4s. No, 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 no. Uh, so this is, it's termed technology for life. And what that means is you get technology and then we upgrade you. It has nothing to do with where you work in the State Department. Uh, and it's, I will say like, it's not bleeding edge technology, right? These are tools we all know, end user security, you know, end user devices, but it's gonna fundamentally change how people engage in their jobs at the State Department. And that's no small point. That's something we hear a lot in the federal IT community that you need to bring the technologies that the users want because that's going to be what helps them stick around and helps you to retain and recruit new talent. So that's uh, incredibly important. Uh, and, and one thing, Dr. Fletcher, I've definitely taken note of in our conversation today is that uh, despite being pretty brand new to this role, you speak the language of uh, State Department very well and you tend to know the landscape and the people and the players and the technologies and all of that very well so uh, on a more personal level it sounds like you're settling in great but I'd love to hear more how is it going as you've come into this new role in recent months yeah that's a great question so uh, it's, I'm I'm coming up on three months not yet three months uh, and I will tell you I didn't know what to expect when I came to the State Department. I knew I was excited about the mission. Uh, like, honestly, our mission is to promote democracy. Like, what? Uh, is there a cooler mission in the world? Um, and, um, but I have an amazing group of people, uh, both at IRM, um, the, the bureau that, that I am um, sort of leading as a CIO. Um, I, sh I showed up and I have passionate people. I have technically savvy people. I have um, just, you know, a lot of professionals who have gotten me smart. So everything that I say that is true about the State Department is because someone managed to shove that fact into my brain. Uh, <laughs> I'm incredibly lucky. And then I will also say my colleagues, the other assistant secretaries, my boss, um, you know, the leadership team at State. So, you know, I've been talking to the assistant secretary for diplomatic security, the assistant secretary for consular affairs. These are people I talk to every day. Uh, they've been incredibly welcoming. But um, I'll tell you, there's a lot of ways that state is very similar to DOD. Um, so we have some of the nation's most important information and we're constantly under attack. That's a similarity. We operate globally. We're very federated, right? So 
I'm not the owner, only owner of IT uh, in both cases. And then also I can tell you that when I came to state, uh, the technologies that we're talking about are very similar, right? We're talking about using Microsoft Office 365. We have a subset of users using the G Suite. We're rolling out Wi-Fi. We're talking about enterprise identity management. You know, we're talking about the same kinds of technologies. Uh, but the big difference between state and DOD, one is it is a big part of our job to communicate. So that's different. And the culture is different, right? We're a communication and sharing culture. Um, and then the other thing is that we are everywhere. So DOD is absolutely global, but state, we have over 250 posts. We don't get to decide where they are and they are all over the world, which is like wildly divergent environments uh, in every way. So what I can say is honestly, I thought it would be a bigger change and culturally it's different, but we're talking about the same technologies. All right, Dr. Fletcher, as we wrap up here today, we've covered a lot of ground, but it's 2023, so we have to look forward a bit. And I'm curious, you know, as we move forward into this new year, what can we expect from the Department of State's Office of the CIO uh, in terms of IT modernization or other initiatives? Yeah, so I think we touched on a lot of it, but I'm really, the things I'm really excited about are moving to the zero trust environment with identity, right? I'm, I'm super excited about those places where we make the end user's life better and we increase cybersecurity. So moving to you know a master user record for identity, right? If I change my name, if I move, I enter that once, it's populated everywhere. And then also we know what I am doing. Where is Kelly Fletcher on the network? Uh, is Kelly Fletcher doing things that we expect her to do? This increases our cybersecurity and helps our end users. Um, the other thing I'm excited about is network modernization, you know, globally. We're doing this at every post, uh, and also it's going to frankly enable better zero trust posture for, for the department. Uh, I'm excited for technology for life, giving, giving users those, those devices that they get to keep with them forever. And then I'm excited to continue to enable telework, right, by providing folks options for secure communications from their home. So we've we have a lot happening. Also, Evolve, the award of Evolve is gonna be a huge deal. So uh, once again, please put in proposals. That's that's my big pitch. Well, we certainly look forward to following along and seeing uh, progress with all those initiatives. And uh, Dr. Fletcher, definitely wanna thank you for your time today and the opportunity to chat with you. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, Billy. You can learn more about Evolve and the State Department's IT goals at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll talk to you again Thursday afternoon. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.